Wait a minute. Hear this. Growth Farm Production. This is the Scalable Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonetti. And each week, we will go on a journey, a journey that will inspire you, motivate you, and help you be the very best you can be. Our focus will be on mindset, tactics, and the strategies that will enable you to create more opportunities and win more deals. So welcome to this week's episode of the Scalable Growth Podcast. I'm honored that you've joined us again for what will be another incredible episode. Yes, Brian, I did say it again. I say it every week. And for those, Brian is a long-time listener who always sends me a text after I say another incredible episode. But I just want to say, if you're a first-time listener, I, just, I want to say thank you very much for showing up. We hope you find this content valuable and you come back. And if you're a long-time listener, we're very grateful. We're grateful that you show up each and every week. As we've just passed 200 episodes, we are really excited about getting more incredible guests to help bring you more value and insight so that you can be the best sales and marketing professional you can be. Salespeople often hate their CRM. Why? Because they are hard to use, difficult to customize and expensive to maintain. This means leads and opportunities don't get updated. Things get missed and sales can suffer. Insightly is the modern CRM that teams love. Easy to use, flexible enough to support your unique needs and scales with you as you grow. This helps you sell smarter, grow faster and build lasting customer relationships. Insightly is trusted by more than a million users worldwide. For more information, visit insightly.com forward slash get insightly. Now this week, we are honored to have um, a very esteemed GTM leader who has worked across a number of large enterprises, really helping them scale their uh, their GTM function, um, who'd made a decision to jump ship from being in a secure corporate role and starting his own venture. So I'm really excited. Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Luigi. It's great to be here. Uh, I've loved all of our chats and looking forward to this. Yeah, we're really excited. We're excited to share what you're doing now. But before we jump into talking a bit about what you're doing and and talking the concept of founder-led sales um, and how you've been able to bring some of the disciplines that you've brought into other organizations into your own business, maybe just tell us a little bit about um, yourself uh, and, and where you've worked and what motivated you to start your current company. Yeah, so I've spent most of my career scaling SaaS org sales and marketing and customer success organizations. I've worked uh, for three unicorns, uh, Upwork, yep. Box, and most recently, CultureAmp. Yeah. Um, I've run revenue operations, go-to-market strategy, data and systems, and marketing um, as different pieces of that. And so I've gotten to see it at both scale yeah. and then earlier stage and then getting to scale. So for me, I was just getting blown up by email. Mm. And so I wrote an email that said on the side, I don't know you. Here's my, and in the U S they have Venmo. Um, yeah. Here's my Venmo. You can pay me 10 cents and I'll read the contents of your email. Otherwise like have a good day. And I kept iterating on that and, and you know, it became what gated has as original platform, yeah. which was we take email from unknown people out of your inbox. We send them a note to that effect. And we, give the nonprofit that you've chosen and let them make a donation to that nonprofit to reach you. So that's what, that's what became gated. I spent probably three or four months saying, is this problem big enough to solve? Yeah. 
and have we built, is this a feature or is this a product? Mm. And I think I became convinced that this was a problem I wanted to spend the next portion of my career solving. Yeah. Well, what a cool story. Yeah. And, uh, it's been great to see your, your business grow and grow over the, you know, uh, over, over the past couple of months and years. So, but I just want to go into this, um, you, you, you know, you mentioned that you were getting a lot of emails and you decided, you know, I'll put my Venmo, but what really motivated you to make that shift? You're in a, in a, in a well-paid job doing great things. You were there for a number of years. The company was growing. Um, what, what was the, the key reason you said, yes, it's time for me to now build something myself? Yeah, I didn't do it because I needed to be a CEO. Like I've always been the number two that's scaling things really fast. Yeah. And so it wasn't of this ego need. I think it was the problem yeah. resonated so deeply with other people and with me. Mm-hmm. And it was a problem that I wanted to solve. You know, I, I always love that quote from Steve Jobs. He said, why else are we here but to make a dent in the universe? And I think I saw that I had the chance to make a dent and force people to think differently about Mm. how people connect. And especially with the AI revolution, which was just starting, Mm. you know, two years ago um, and has now really taken off. I think I started to understand that this world of us not having control over our own attention and people just shouting what they want to shout at us was just starting to get painful and it's about to get a lot more painful as we go. Yeah. Okay. So you're in a really comfortable role, but you saw a problem and you had that desire and drive to go and make something happen, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big step. I mean, I I think I'm probably having done three unicorns, you know, three public or large exits, like I'm later in career than the classic founder. Um, And so for me, it was, you know, with a family, with little kids, took an extra thought or two and chat with my wife before I did it. Yeah, and jumped in. And um, you've got a number of users. Um, do you mind just sharing some of the early strategies that you used um, as a founder selling and marketing your your platform to get people on board? Yeah, I think one thing we did really early, and I, I'm, I'm betting you've seen it at some point, is our manifesto. Yep. Um, I wanted to make sure that everybody understood the problem we were solving Mm. and the vision we had for the world, right? Because when you have a technology, there's more that you can envision happening. And so I think we did a really good job. It wasn't just four sentences on a piece of paper. It was interactive and fun. And if you go to gated.com slash manifesto, you can see it. Uh, So that was one. I think we got really good at, we built a product Mm. that gives people, but it both pushes people to think in interesting ways and it also gives people joy and drives connections. And so we were able to build off a lot of those moments, yeah. interesting like growth loops, feedback loops, and customer advocacy off of it. And so I'd say that was good. And then there's just some inherent virality in, in what we do. Yeah. Um, so those I'd say those three things are, are core to it. And then I think you've touched on this or maybe we do it, but I was I didn't connect with a lot of people on LinkedIn before I started Gated. I only, I kind of viewed it as, I don't want to get blown up, yeah. so I'm only going to connect with people I've actually met in real life. And I literally remember sending people a note saying, I don't know, like, why are you sending me an invite? Like, we haven't talked. Yeah. And, and people, and so that was three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. I think I definitely made a conscious shift in my own mind of I need to be out there. I need to be more public yeah. as a founder. And have done that over the last couple of years. Yeah, okay. So that, that's a, it's really interesting, right? Going from that 
guiding your LinkedIn profile to the ones that you only know to maybe thinking about it more as a as awareness mechanism to market and, and create new relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we'd love to know, because um, we have a you know huge audience of, of sales and marketing professionals that listen to this, but, you know, moving from that unicorn business where you would have had a ton of resources behind you and, and team behind you, when you did make that shift, what were some of the biggest challenges you had to overcome trying to scale your business as a founder? I think you're building a brand from scratch. Yeah. Um, you know, like Cold Shram's brand was insanely powerful. Yeah. It's like you're down in Melbourne, you you hear about it all the time, right, all but the it was, time. you know, worldwide. Yeah. Like, um and and so that became very easy. I think that's something we did very early and we took a lot of the lessons from Cold Shramp around that. Um in many ways it's a lot easier because you can execute a lot faster, yeah. but you're gonna be able to do fewer things. Mm. Um, you know, I think I had a team of 35 to 45 marketers at Culture Amp. And you, you kind of know, it's like you get to that side, anything above 10 and you're just tripping over yeah. everything. And it's, it's hard. It, and you wait, spend so much time not executing well. Mm. Um, so I'd say like the execution well was good. Um, I don't think I've ever wanted for anything that we had at Culture Amp other than like, you know, the, I missed the office yeah. um, as we all do. Like we're fully remote. I, I think I, I miss some of the resources and then not having to think about, you know, fundraising and all of that yep. stuff is, is a luxury. And you realize, wow, the CEO is, does have a burden on their, on their shoulders for some of that stuff. And they've got to think about those things that no one else in the company mm. is thinking about, or maybe the finance function and the CEO are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it is interesting, right? It's an interesting paradigm going from, even though, large enterprise or a large corporate has huge resources behind them it can become a little bit it can slow that growth process down right yes it definitely definitely can i mean we've made some decisions along the way here which is you know we may have we, we've i've seen scenarios where you actually let go of people and you ship faster yeah. in some cases um and those are eye-opening right when it's not all about how do we add more people to the equation it's how do we execute faster so yeah. yes it's interesting. I was talking to one of my mentors um, who was the MD of another large unic or another large tech company in Australia called Zero.com. Yes. And um, he was sharing with me, you know, the early days of building that business, you just had entrepreneurs that were growth focused and they would make things happen and they would pivot very, very quickly. And he says, and as you grow the business and you start to bring more, you know, executives on board, MBAs from other corporates, they have a different mentality. They're more risk adverse. They're more about, you know, um, looking at when you sell risk, the risk profile, and that can sometimes, com it's got conflict with that growth yes. mentality, that scale and entrepreneurial sp spirit versus executives that have been in a company that might be um, so that was, that's, that was something that I learned early on. And I, I found that really interesting. I think there's a lot of that, like cascading clarity of goals mm. and openness, like that we ran at culture Amp. and most companies I've done is like, if the executive team can be very clear around, these are the things that are important to us. Yeah. And then you can cascade that down. Then people can start to use those guidance. I think when it doesn't work is when you're confused at some level yeah. on your own strategy, then everyone below you locks up and they're looking for that clarity and guidance. So yeah. I, I, I've seen, you know, I, I've lived, I've worked at companies two, 3,000 people all the way down to you know, 
four or five. And, um, and I, I think you can run it well, but it gets hard. It, you know, it's, there's harder things about being small companies yeah. and definitely execution's harder at bigger companies, mm-hmm. which is what you can understand why big companies don't innovate as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Andy, talk to us now. So you've made your, you're, you're going through a bit of a pivot yourself, um, yes. in, in your business. Um, what started, you know, what Gated started as to what it is today um, is essentially changing. Do you mind talking us through what motivated you to to make a pivot in your journey so early in your business journey? Yeah, um, Gated's blown up. I mean, as I said, mm. we're sending six, 700,000 challenge emails a month. <laughs> we're filtering a lot more. The world's seen us. Yeah. So we, we, we definitely have grown fast. I think we look at the problem and we've spent a lot of time with a lot of our, and so our users love it. Yep. And ironically, the people that are sending those things love it because either they're like, ah, I should never have sent that in the first place anyway, <laughs> guilty, or they donate and they're able to get yep. through at a much higher rate. So we've built something that people really love. I think what we've learned along the way is, and actually the head of engineering at Calendly coined the term, he was one of our users, that um, gated is the noise canceling headphones for email. And yeah. we love that. But it also described a world under which people are fine unplugging completely from the noise. Yeah. Um, and I think in talking to a lot of our users, we've seen that people still want you, to be successful in today's world. You need to stay involved in that noise. Mm. You can't just turn it off. Yeah. And so I think that there is this, you know, call it as we get to scale, it could be hundreds of thousands of people that really are like, okay, I just, I don't need to hear the noise. Yeah. But what we believe is the everyone in the world so the original product is noise canceling, stops the noise, kills the noise. You, see, you can still see it, but most people don't look at it. The new product that by the time this podcast drops, I think we'll probably you'll be launching the podcast on the same day that we're launching the new product, yeah. is focused on helping the right signals surface out of the noise. And so we're building what we term a universal gate. It'll be a single link, gate.com slash Luigi, that you can put everywhere. And it'll describe to people what topics you want to connect and have conversations on and it'll make it as easy as possible for people to connect with you on those topics. Yeah. And it'll gate everything else. And I think the key insight, a couple of key insights we've had, one was the noise um, and the, the need to surface yeah. the right signals over killing the noise. I also think it's technically very hard to filter. Um, you know, it's like, there's no way to actually get accurate filtering mm. um, of stuff. Um, Google has spent eons trying to build a spam filter. And we all know if it's too aggressive, you're like, where'd that email go? And if it's not aggressive enough, you're like, why do I have the spam filter? Yeah. Um, and so I think that we, we, we really went deep on like, can we build a better filter? Yeah. And we looked at AI and we looked at all that and we realized how, what people really need is to help the right signals rise above. Um, so that's, that's what we've done. So if we can just go back a step, cause I think this is really important. So if we think about the problem statement around why you created Gated in the first place, it's because mm-hmm. it was, you know, and, and most sellers are guilty of this, right? especially in the age of technology, lots and lots of outreach, lots and lots of messages going out to, to buyers or prospects. Um, the emails are getting jammed and a lot of the times the message is not really, it's not personalized. It's not, a, it's not relevant um, because the person sending it maybe 
didn't define their ICP correctly. They didn't define, you know, do this, does this person actually have a problem that we can solve? Um, and so people are getting overwhelmed with email. Yeah. So the, so the, so the, um, drive for you was let's create a tool that'll actually make it easier for people to vet things out. And if people did still want to, um, if there was relevance, then they could connect and donate that money or, um, verify another way and makes it easier for me to connect with you, Andy, and, and I can bypass, um, and you as the receiver can say, yes, this person has taken gone that extra mile because most people won't if it's completely irrelevant, but now you're taking it a step further to say, Hey, people still need to connect. There needs to be a level of connection and people want to talk about certain things. So let's make it easier for people to align and see, you know, what you want to talk about. Is that relevant to what I can talk to you about? If you take it one step further, it's not just about understanding why, what you want to talk about, Luigi, mm -hmm. but it's in today's world before our new platform, I can send you anything I want mm -hmm. to your email, to your LinkedIn, assuming yeah. we're connected, or I can still send it an invite. I can send it to your text. Um, and so you do our original thesis was you don't control your attention yeah. and we wanted to give that back to you by pricing it. I think the deep realization we had is what we really want to do is not let people with, it's almost impossible after the message has been sent yeah. truly filter that. What we want to do is guide people to think, do I have something that's relevant for this person? And if it is make it as easy as possible mm -hmm. to send. And if it's not, dissuade them heavily from ever sending that message in the yeah. first place. That I think is the deep insight that we've had, which is we want to move further up the chain mm. to be able to do that. And so people always say, Oh, gated for LinkedIn. It'll block LinkedIn. Um, but that's impossible to block those messages. Mm. And even if you did, you risk being too aggressive or not aggressive enough. Um, and so instead we just want to help people understand you better. And if we do that, we think it can lead to better connections over time. Absolutely. But, but, but again, if, if we didn't live in a world where people were trying to cut corners and just spam the hell out of people and, you know, if, if all messages were relevant and there was, there was clear alignment, you wouldn't have a reason to be, right? You wouldn't have a purpose. But the fact is we're all on the receiving end. I know I'm, I just I shared with you in the green room how many messages I'm getting um, that are completely irrelevant for me that are jamming my inbox, yeah. which creates a real reason for this. So, and, and I love what you're, you're describing. This is not just about, you know, noise canceling, but it's about just getting more relevant. And I love the fact that as a, as a sender, if I've got something that says, Hey, this is what's important to Andy. This is why, this is what Andy wants to talk about then I can review my message. I can review what I do and say, well, actually there's no fit here. There's no fit for me to be reaching out to Andy. So what's the purpose of me reaching? It'll actually make me think, think twice before sending and challenge. Yeah. Me, right. Yeah. So we put a couple little hurdles in there. Mm. Um, and I think the fun thing too, is with this new platform, we fully control from message send all the way through to message delivery. Okay. And so you can start to tighten that gate. Yeah. You know, if you, if, if I, if you turn it on and get that Luigi and everything in there is good, you just keep sharing it out there. Yeah. If something's bad, 
you give us the feedback and the gate actually learns and gets better. So I think as opposed to like, let's keep building on a platform that we don't own mm. within email, I think we realize that to solve the problem correctly, mm. we need to build and own the yeah. platform of where the messages are sent. Yeah, this is pretty cool. And look, for my listeners, this is not a paid paid conversation. Andy has not paid us. We're not promoting, but I think it's- Not yet, not yet, but maybe. <laughs> um, but I think, again, I, I'm liking it because from a tactical perspective, one of the biggest, for me, um, I always talk about relevance. Like every email, every outreach message has to have a level of relevance because the person receiving that any message is they're asking the question, what is in it for me? Why is this outreach relevant? to me where I'm at and how will it help me in my journey. Um, and so this is why I'm loving where this conversation is going because there's a benefit for both parties. The person receiving is getting the benefit, but the person sending is also getting the benefit because again, if they do, if they're about to send the message and they don't, they're learning that, you know what, I'm not clear here on how I can help X person. That's a big aha moment. That's a good learning to go through, right? Um, because it's going to save them time than having to follow up with people that might not necessarily be the right people for them to be following up with. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I look at it as if you're the visitor to one of these pages, you can quickly understand and make mm. sure that it makes sense and relevant. I think you don't have to worry like, am I connected to this person? Yeah. If It shouldn't matter. Yeah. Like if I have something valuable for you that's relevant to both of us, I should be able to send it. Yeah. You don't have to worry like, what channel do they want to hear from me on? Mm. Um, and, oh man, I don't have their contact info. Like none of those should be problems for the topics. If, if somebody wants to reach you around a topic that matters to you. So is this, is this a, another, let's call it social network? Not fully. Okay. I think we're building the gate and that gate works across all social yeah. networks. We are not building like meeting and greeting, yeah. posting, all of that stuff. We're not building a two-way message box. Okay. You know, if you if you and I have a communication going on via email or LinkedIn and we're already connected and we've already crossed through that, like, hey, mm. this makes sense to spend time with this person. No, don't need to. Um, mm. You know, it, it it's still your existing network could come through and be like, hey, Luigi, I've got something for you on this. Yeah. But what we're doing is the message. It's more of a way to, it's the gate. It's the way for that mm to decide if you want to engage in a new conversation. I was talking to a guy today and I showed it to him and um, he said, this is also great when somebody needs my time. I can be like, Hey, you know, I really only spend time on these yeah. three topics. If it's around one of these three, here it is. And, uh, and so, you know, some people like me struggle to, I want to be helper, but I don't want to, I want to say no. So it's, it's really a way for you to determine like, do you want to engage in that topic or not? Yeah. Or, or on the, around that conversation? Mm. We're not after building there are people like a poly work or somebody like that that's trying to like outcompete LinkedIn and make a better social network. I think there's just we're just trying to solve across all platforms. Yeah. That pain point people have, right? So why should you have to have an inbox in Twitter mm. and and seven Slack communities you're in or LinkedIn? And again, we're not gonna force people to go through this, yeah. but over time people start to learn, like, hey, Luigi. Where's your gate? I want to like come in through that. And then that gate becomes something you control over all social networks. So yeah. we're trying to be world-class at that connection layer. 
which I think every I think everyone on this call will admit that LinkedIn connections are an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm I'm getting so many um, messages, and it's just there's no relevance there. They're they're completely pitching. Um, they're they're yeah. pitching and pitching and pitching, and I'll tell you what, I can't wait to to switch this process on um, to gate some of those pitches. So, oh, and then and then you could tighten it up further, right? So you could put this thing on your LinkedIn profile and then you could turn LinkedIn so you only accept invites that know your email. Mm. So then all of a sudden people be like, I'm not right now, I can just go to your page, click yeah. connect, don't write anything. And then you got to figure out who the heck I am. But if instead you're like, no, you need my email. A lot of people be like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Oh, here's this other way to reach him around these three things. And so you, there are ways with this link that you can actually tighten this up as well too on LinkedIn. Yeah, but I think, again, I, I, I really want to stress this um, to our listeners here. The, the need for a tool like this is because people are getting overwhelmed with people reaching out to them they're getting overwhelmed with email slack teams whatsapp telegram all these different platforms are getting overwhelmed right and because there's so many poorly crafted messages and this is a challenge for salespeople that they need to have to continue to work through is how do i become relevant in the eyes of my buyer because that's the most important question that we should be asking ourselves and you know gated's one but there are going to be more tools is going to be more whether it's spam filters whatever it is it's going to make it harder for sales and marketing professionals to engage with buyers right yeah i was just talking to a stops guy yesterday he's like would i use this for buying another tool i was like yeah i would yeah. like if you're in the market for a cpq tool yeah. or a data analytics tool like you would explain that because you want those reps mm. to ping you at that side so yeah. i think it becomes it's funny. The original gated product was all around like, how do we help sellers reach you for a marginal cost? I think yeah. here, what we're really after is how do we help the people that are can help you in your journey? Yeah, re reach you. Period. And ultimately, I can see the benefit to this because it's going to help. It's going to help the relationship because there's there's a lot there's a lot clearer alignment, right? There's we know yeah. exactly what's driving Andy. We know exactly what Andy wants to talk about. And then I can actually serve up and talk about what's important to Andy, right? Yeah. So it's going to make it easier for people to engage. So I love this. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting when a salesperson cannot find one of your like yeah. topics that they can sell on. I think that's where yeah. we've spent a lot of time thinking about that as well too. So you want to go back. So in this journey so far, what's been the one learning that you've been able to take away that you – did not anticipate you would learn from this journey so far? I think a couple of years ago with where funding was, we lived in a world where money was infinite. <laughs> and, you know, it's like we would, we, we grew really fast at CultureAmp. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, with Gated very early out of the gate, we saw people saying, I can't live without this tool. Yeah. And loving it and raving about it and talking about it. And we staffed up then. And I think what we, you know, we learned that there's those friction points that have, while it's a massively popular tool that's driving change in the world, I think I would have held back on some of that spend okay. of the team as long as we possibly could to give us more flexibility. And I think yeah. that's the way the world is changing, right? Like don't go hire 10 salespeople. Mm -hmm. I talked to a company I advise now 
their CEO and CRO are selling and they've got one junior person enabling them. And they're like, we're going to do this as long as we possibly can. And they've got like real legit revenue and, and are scaling, but they're like, we want to keep it as close as we can to that. So I never put in additional sales people, but I definitely like, we started to staff up probably sooner than I would have, even though we were growing at a really rapid rate. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Because you are right. Like the, the market has definitely shifted. Um, money is a bit harder to find now. Valuations of companies have dropped and the focus on from growth at all costs to growing profitable, having a profitable growth line is is, is the focus for most companies today. So you definitely, um, yeah. And so moving forward, um, what are some of the, the key goals that, you know, you're looking to achieve over the next 12 months around game. Yeah. I mean, I think we're, you know, this podcast by launch around the day we launched, but I think we've got users with an aggregate of like two to 3 million already, but probably four to five when we approach launch, like using and launching it. Like yeah. our goal is to have this be the default way you understand somebody, right? Like you don't even have to hop on a call to understand how you can help somebody. Yeah. Um, you can, you know, when we're, you're like, Hey, we're about to meet. Can I, see your gated profile, understand like mm. what's of interest to you. And so we want to create fewer, better connections. Yeah. Um, and so even with the original gated product, right? Like the stat I always said was people send a hundred emails and get two replies with traditional email with mm. gated. We were able to drive that towards like send 10, get five replies. Yeah. I think we want here, which is let's drive it the next level down. Right. Which is, <laughs> send five, get five mm. replies and the world keeps getting better and yeah. better and better for everybody. Um, and so, but I guess the only thing would be the, you know, even with gated, the, the email product, we weren't able to influence it before the message was sent. It was only after yeah. the message was sent. And so I were really, I think over time it becomes really interesting of what we could do yeah. with this, right? We can start to push that. Like I am just not interested in, currently the new product is very focused on like, what am I interested in? And I only want to connect on mm. these things. But I think if that's successful, you can start to be like, I am not interested in X or Y or yeah. Z. And we'll start to allow people to customize their gate and tweak it and refine it in different ways. So I just believe there's so much inefficiency mm. in the selling and the marketing behaviors that if we can, if people can verbalize what they're interested in and we can make it easy for them to keep that up to date. Yeah. We can start to make it where you spend a lot more of your marketing dollars mm. on a lot fewer people. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's like if somebody's truly looking for customer success software, like Gainsight should be taking them out to a five-star meal and dinners and um, all these different things yeah. versus like one quick meal um, or whatever it is. And so you, you start to be able to, to put that in the right place. And, you know, again, we're, I think we, I think a lot about, buyer controlled processes yeah and it's a passion of mine and where i've invested in a couple different companies and advise a couple ceos as well too and Mm. i hope that the world of ai doesn't turn us into an absolute dumpster fire where it's just about how do we send more and more but how do we give buyers Mm. the technology to control access to themselves that's that's our vision and our vision has not changed from the original email product to this new product yeah i mean i love that and and it's great to see that you're so clear and you have such clarity on 
on what you're trying to achieve here. And I think for, for our listeners listening to this episode, um, what's really clear is that your, your focus around the buyer and going, Hey, it's not about me. Like we've designed this because we want to make it easier for people to talk to others about what they want. Right. So if I'm reaching out to you, I'm not the person I'm not the, my needs are irrelevant. What are your needs? And I think for me, that's the fundamentals of selling, right? And is is this, we've got to build it around yes. somebody else's needs. And I think what's happened though with the world of technology, we've forgotten that fundamental need is, or that fundamental driver to a sales and marketing interaction. It's about focusing on the other person. And, you know, one of our advisors, Sam McKenna says, show me, you know, yeah. me. Um, and I think on the flip side, it's incumbent upon us to articulate that too, yeah. right? Like, you know, like I, I can't expect you to know me if my LinkedIn profile is two years out of date yeah. and, and you don't have to look at it and read it, review it to send me a message. Yeah. Um, or if, you know, like I, I can't show you me, you know me when I'm just an email in your database. <laughs> uh, and so I think there's a way where I've seen this work in my professional life too. Like when I, work with people, I write a user manual, mm. how I am to work with. I have my unique idiosyncrasies. Um, every one of us does. Yeah. And so I'm a big believer in understanding who you work with. And, you know, I, hopefully people don't fear what we're doing. I, I think people initially feared what we did with the email product yeah. and salespeople came to love it. And hopefully the same will happen here. Yeah. Awesome, Andy. So mate, I really appreciate you sharing um, your story here today and, and and some of the insight around what drove you to, to start Gated. Um, just before we wrap up, where's the best place for our listeners to find and engage with you and, and actually start to play around with your platform? Yeah, gated.com. Um, mid-May, which probably right when yep. you and I will time this launch for that, um, which will be fun, but mid-May it'll be there. Um, if somebody wants to send me an email, they can always email me, uh, andy at gated.com. But increasingly, I'm really only going to prioritize things that are <laughs> around my areas of focus. Yeah, and and my gated my gated profile will be gated.com/andy, okay. and uh, we'll give you gated.com/luigi. Yeah, and make sure when you go to gated.com/andy, if you want to get through that gate, you got to find out what Andy's needs are. And just let him know that you listen to this podcast and uh, and tell him what you think. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, just want to say thanks, Andy, for for, for the contribution you make um, to the GTM community. And uh, yeah, we we look forward to um, to seeing the success of Gated uh, moving, you know, into 2024, 25 and beyond. Thank you. And uh, to all the Australians out there, I, uh, having worked for an Australian company for the last four years, uh, you know, cheers and uh, I miss Melbourne. So great to be on this. Thank you, Luigi. Yeah. <laughs>